Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. An Elio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, a podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I'm Ali Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Webcrawlers has a Patreon. To get access to rewards, bonus episodes, videos, shoutouts, and merchandise discounts, and we are really posting now all the time. All the time. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers, and you can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. For merch, go to webcrawlers.com. Nope. 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 <laughs> For merch, go to webcrawlerspod.com or hothorse.horse if you're nasty. If you're nasty. And even bigger news, we have a cameo. Yay. So if you want me and Melissa to like wish you a happy birthday yeah tell us to follow you on social meds yeah or like pump you up or or be like maybe you own a dairy farm and you want me and melissa to be like yo buy milk from from (laughs) gary's dairy yes that'll happen that so (laughs) all of our listeners who own dairy farms yeah and you want us to do a cameo for you you can find us at cameo at webcrawlers pod also um, I'm this producer Maria. I'm, Maria. I'm on Cameo right now. What would I click on to find you guys? I'm I think you search web, web crawlers, crawlers pod. Podcast? Okay, you or can, just web crawlers. You guys, you can also get animals to do it. Wait, stop it! Really? Like famous Re- animals? Reuben the bulldog costs twenty five dollars. 
but what is he? We cost twenty dollars. <laughs> Hoziko, the cat is fifty dollars. You've got to be kidding. These me. are all, I guess, but internet what famous. They, what do they do? Like, do their owners? Well, I'm going to click on Chubbs the Wampug, and he's ten dollars. Wampug, and then he basically okay. So his owners in it too, which is stupid. Ew. Well, someone's got to talk. That's sick because no. that's not the dog. That's talking. the owner. That's the owner trying to get their fifteen minutes. They should at least do like a computer voice. Yeah. And make the dog look like Absolutely. I think my dog said my name. I just got a new dog and I think my dog said said my name today. It did? Yeah. In the in the car I think it went. Okay, I found you guys and this is wow. People love it. Yeah, can you play one of them? Here's one. Geoff. Geoff. Jeff B. Jeff. Jeff B. Geoff Jeff with a G. Goff. Goff. Goff Joff Geoff. Jeff Bayer. Why? Don't be depressed. The world is so beautiful. The sun, the sun is shining. Well, me, I don't, I don't know where you live. It's shining here in Los Angeles. It's shining. It's oh, you know what's going to happen? Melissa and I are going to find out where you live. We're going to show come up. Come to your house unannounced. We're going to come to your house unannounced and make house. you happy. We're going to break We're into your house. We're going to pump you up. Wow, <laughs> you guys. We're worth the twenty dollars, don't you think? Yeah. And then what's this one where it's just Allie? Welcome to the web crawlers cameo. If you want me or Melissa or both of us, Allie, to you look like a, a rock star, like a rock star gone wrong. Just like almost anything. Um, this <laughs> is Ray Place for twenty dollars. We will have seen. a video from us that you can keep and cherish forever. <laughs> Looking forward to interacting with you in the web platform. Okay, bye. You look really cool. You do. <laughs> <laughs> you look cool. Hey guys, I live in Los Feliz. That's how I got to walk around wow, when I'm over wow. there. You look cool. Well, that's great, guys. Congratulations. Thank you. So anyways, $20. <laughs> and sometimes we have $5 flash sales. Yeah, we'll probably do that like for the holidays. Yeah, for the holidays. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Ma- ha- Happy Hanukkah. Oh, Black Merry Friday. Merry Christmas. Black Friday sales. Happy Black Friday. Each day of Hanukkah is the price for the cameo. So it's like $1 on the first day. Oh, up $2. to $8. Oh. Up to $8. And then on Christmas Eve, it's $24, and then Christmas is $25. Look at you. Wow. I just, I'm, this is why you're a businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, Melissa, do we have any Patreon shout outs? We have some Patreon shout outs. We have Artica S. Wow. If that's a real name, that's a cool name. I love it. Seamus O. Love it also. And Ashley. You, you can't it. always win. Great. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Ashley. That's a really good name, too. Um, <laughs> it's close to Asher, which is your dog's name. Yes. Oh, uh, cute. Same name. Um, weird thing of the week. We got a lot of cool stuff. Melissa, what was our first one? We got one from William. He's our patron who has gravestones in his backyard. Creepy. We mentioned that. And he emailed us photos. Oh, my God. He said, hey, web crawlers, I finally made it back to my parents' house in Lancaster and was able to dig up some of the old gravestones. The original owner of the house was a headstone engraver. Oh, my God. And these may have been some that he messed up or practiced with. Oh, Here are some pics videos. Yeah. The first gravestone is for a three-day-old unnamed infant. Oh, my God. This is the only one I could find with clear engravings. The second one has a symbol or number that I was unable to decipher. Prince. Yes. <laughs> it was for Prince. My parents said that one of them had his dead wife's initials carved into it. I was unable to confirm if that's what it was. Allegedly, there are no bodies buried in the backyard. Well, that's a relief. Yeah. But also, I think he should do some more digging. Yes. 
But it was a he sent pictures. One of them had it was said like Michael and Christine something. Then one oh was like God. infant that was three days old. They were just kind of like in the backyard, kind of buried a little like under the dirt. That's so scary. Yeah. We also got another amazing email <laughs> yeah, th- just today, today entitled "I Survived the Bermuda Triangle." Hi, ladies. I just listened to your episode about ghost ships and your take on Bermuda. Just thought I would email you, but are you, why are you hysterically laughing? Because our take on Bermuda is such a funny... We got a lot of response from we that do. Bermuda Yeah, episode. we have hot takes on Bermuda. Um, just thought I would email you because my husband and I went on a cruise to Bermuda back in 2017. I can verify that it is, in fact, a real place, or so they would like us to believe. Yeah. It is beautiful island, and fun fact, Bermuda is made up of over 100 tinier islands. It is? I would 10 out of 10 recommend visiting. Wow. It's on our agenda. I'm an Instagram follower of Bermuda I just started following Bermuda on Instagram. Bermuda has its own Instagram? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's beautiful. Stunning. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, we went on an excursion on a glass bottom boat to see a shipwreck out in the famous Bermuda Triangle. Wow. I was a little nervous because of the hype the triangle has gained over the years. Sure. We actually went into the triangle, saw the shipwreck, and I'm here writing you this email. Wow. I'm proud to say I survived the Bermuda Triangle. You girls are great. I love listening to your variety of topics. I subscribe and look forward to listening to more research of your theories. Never stop sleuthing, Spence. I mean, I'm in. I we gotta go for ourselves. I have I have to go. I have a feeling we'll get sucked in. Uh, Something tells me that's not the same person who went to the Bermuda Triangle. It's now someone. Oh my god! Like a they're changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like a body snatcher type situation. And then trying to get the word out that like, no, 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 everything's fine. fine. I went back. Everything was great. There's definitely not. (laughs) It's definitely (laughs) fine. And luring us there. (gasps) I need to, we got to Google this person who sent the email. Are you a Terminator? Oh my God, it's a Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Terrifying. Well, Ooh. this is our first fact that the Bermuda Triangle. Nice, yeah, nice Spencer. try, Spence. <laughs> yeah, Spence. Spence isn't a real name. Yeah. Oh my on. god, that's a name you make up when you want to seem like you're cool. Like, does oh, it's Spence, a Spence. Does Spence like spell out into anything if you rearrange the letters? What what is that called? An anagram? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to anagram maker. I would say it spells. Sen- sentient Pence. person. Sentech. Sen- Peens. <laughs> Peens. <laughs> is okay, I'll C do Spencer. Silent. It's probably, Spence is probably short for Spencer, right? It is right? Spencer. Okay. It's a hot mail address. Screen. Like screen this letter, maybe. Um, There's maybe, a code in this email. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's a cry for help. <sighs> Yeah, I would 10, 10 recommend visiting. Yeah, uh, of course who, you would. Who, who says that in an email? The glass bottom <laughs> boat thing. That's another red flag for no. me. Yeah, that's something an alien would say, in my opinion. Oh, my God. Crepes. It also rearranges to crepes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a website crepes. called Anagram Solver. You can. What would crepes Melissa have right to now. do with Bermuda? Are they? Is it French? No. Wait a minute. Crepes territory. is also creeps. Oh my god! <laughs> we we solved it. 
Spence is creep. Creeping. Oh my God. This is creep. Call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> 911. We just figured out that Spencer is anagram for creeps. Please come to, to the Arios. Post creep. come to Wait Arios a minute. Studios. How is, oh, because you did Spencer. Creepy. No Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. That's his real name. Spencer R. We, okay, well, we won't do it on air, but we should do the first and last name in the anagram solver oh, and see what yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. We're coming for you. I'm a big believer in this. Okay, well, on to our main story. Quickly, can I just read a quick review that was left for you guys on Apple? Yeah, oh, yes. and, a, and a reminder that all of you should rate and review. Like, go right now and do it because all of us read all of them. Oh, we really do. We send. Oh, we have a group chat and we send them to each other. This one's called Superhero Brian, or that's what? who it's from. And it's, and the the subject line is Hardy Har Har. It's five stars, and it says, "I feel like I'm having a sleepover with the hot popular girls from high school when I listen to this." <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Now that really is that the me. whole review. That's the whole review. Oh my god, I love it. I want yeah. to make that into a shirt or a bumper sticker or something. <laughs> I just, there's just a new review. It says coast to coast AM for the less insane. <laughs> <laughs> and the more hot. Yeah, that's great. And popular. Oh my God, I love it. Wow. Thank you guys. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, we're getting a lot of good reviews. It really makes us feel better about ourselves. It does make us feel but better But I think that ourselves. you're, I was definitely not hot or popular. I don't either. Know. I wasn't either. So I think you're, now we are. I was fat. Okay, I was, I was just, I was, I was just friends with everyone. I, 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 I was floated. Never, I was never there. I was Floater. at waves. <laughs> I skipped school every day of my life. None of us would have hung out in high school. No, no. but look at us now. <laughs> look at us now. <laughs> look at us now. Wow. About to go to Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Come back as Terminators. Yeah. Ready for our real story? I mean, the rest were real, but we're going to talk about Wallace Souza, TV show host of Canal Canal Libre. Canal Libre who was accused of murdering people to get higher ratings for his crime show. It is also the subject of a documentary currently on Netflix called Killer Ratings. Let's get into it. A story from Brazil that is as serious as it is bizarre. For two decades, Wallace Souza has been a crime-fighting vigilante. A TV host saw his audience increased whenever he reported gruesome crime stories. Souza's uncanny ability to sniff out crime wasn't because he was such a great reporter. He started arranging and ordering murders so he could film them for his show. Police say Souza and his son were involved in drug trafficking and commissioned at least five murders of rival drug dealers alerting TV crews to get to the scene and film all the action. Wallace was no longer reporting the crimes. He was ordering them. Wallace Souza was a former police officer turned TV show host from Manaus, Brazil. He was fired for being a cop after he was arrested for petrol theft and pension fraud. In 1989, he started to host a live show with his two brothers called Canal Livre. It was the most popular show in Manaus, airing for 30 years from 1989 to 2009, although reruns sometimes still air. Jeez. He was upset by the amount of criminal gangs in the area, and he hoped that this show would be an expose on the horrors of all the, the stuff that these gangs cause, and that it would hopefully weaken their power by shining a light on them. The show eventually morphed into a live variety show with a studio audience where Wallace would discuss crime, news, music, humor, and also do interviews, and there were recurring bits. If a crime occurred while filming, he and the crew would go to the scene. 
oftentimes arriving even before the police got there. Suspicious. This made it the most popular show in Manaus because it's like uh, live PD meets cops. Cool. The Guardian, the newspaper, described Wallace Souza at his prime as a Brazilian combination of David Attenborough, Sherlock Holmes, and Barack Obama. That's high praise. Yeah. In one instance, Canal Livre showed a reporter walking through the forest to examine a burning corpse. He told viewers, it smells like barbecue. The body was still smoking. Wallace said that many people would call him before they called police because they didn't trust the police, which is fair enough because Brazilian police were known at the time to be corrupt. According to Time magazine, he, Souza, wanted to be the savior, says Calcavanti, head of the investigations, which eventually investigated mm-hmm. Souza. His ambition was to be chief of police, and when the city was calm, he ordered killings as a way of stirring things up. Wallace decided to run for office state assembly in 1998. He had the number one show in Manaus and was well-liked, so why not? He was elected to the state legislative assembly of Amazonias. He started with the Liberal Party, then he moved to the Social Christian Party. He was elected again in 2002 and in 2006. He also had the most votes ever in the history of Brazil. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I just read that this morning. It's like this weird Trump thing where reality show personalities run for office and Mm -hmm. because they already have that fan base, they get... It's bizarre. Uh, Wallace also wanted to take down the mayor of Karari, Adele Pinheiro, who was part of a huge pedophile ring. His people would take photos of young girls and show them to him. Then he would pick which one he wanted and they would be kidnapped, then raped. It seemed like Wallace was a good guy who had intentions of taking down criminals at first. Okay, so during the height of this TV show, a drug dealer named Moa got arrested. He kept saying that he was terrified because he was going to be killed in prison because he worked for a large criminal ring. In exchange for protection, he decided to talk. He told the police everything. He Mm -hmm. said that the kingpin of this large criminal group ordered him to go out and commit crimes, robberies, and homicides. And the name of the leader of this group was Wallace Souza. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Boy. Oh, no. Boy. But the police could not arrest Wallace because of a law in Brazil that states an elected official cannot be arrested. So he had parliamentary immunity. Jesus. The story hit the media immediately. Wallace, it's like if Geraldo Rivera yeah. was just killing people. Yes. Wallace. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. That's literally and what it's was, like. like. He was a politician. Yeah. If Geraldo Rivera ran for office and then was just killing yeah. people for ratings. Yeah. Wallace made a statement that he was being politically persecuted and set up, that it was a vile mistreating of him and his family, and basically said the whole thing was a lie. Mm -hmm. He called himself a warrior of light and said this was a plot to remove him from office. Was that a ghost? Okay, so the lights just not in the office, but outside turned off. <laughs> the sun, <laughs> the sun, the sun, the sun, sun turned off. Crazy. The sun turned off for a second. Again? Wait, no, no, that was the light. That was the light. That was it was, and it was after we said "Warrior of Light." Oh my! Oh god. my god! Creepin'. Oh. Susa's dead. 
That what Ouija if board is what if still he's, in here. What if he's visiting us while we do this he podcast? Is. He's here. Please don't possess my dog. Um, <laughs> he called himself a warrior of light and said this was a plot to remove him from office. He said he had no idea who Moa was. A lot of fellow politicians supported him. Not a lot of people trusted the police, so it could be entirely possible that he was being set up. But then... Moa's wife contacted the Human Rights Committee to say her husband told her that he was tortured and coerced by police into saying Wallace Souza was behind all the killings. He said he was beaten, had a bag placed over his head. The interview made a lot of people believe Moa's wife. So, of course, Wallace ran with this and proclaimed his innocence. So the Human Rights Committee interviewed Moa to see if his wife was telling the truth. They showed him a photo of him and Wallace in Wallace's pool, and he was taken aback. He looked uncomfortable. Like, he was lying. He's like, um, oh, yeah, I know his son, Raphael. So, clearly, Moa is now being intimidated into taking back his own story, too. Right. So, when they showed that same photo to Wallace, who had previously claimed that he had no idea who Moa was, Wallace was like, oh, Moa, yeah, well, I know him as Jorge. It was like, mm, okay, dude. So everything's folding in on itself. Yeah. So then there is another killing of Henrique. One night on Canal Livre, Wallace got tipped off that someone had been shot. They arrived to the scene and a man was on the ground still alive. They basically watched him die and filmed it for the show. Gosh. Also, his mom was watching live and had to watch her son die. Oh, no. It was awful. Later, someone contacted the police to say someone who works on Canal Livre told him he doesn't know why they killed Henrique. Maybe he was a drug dealer. But the person who killed him was Moa. Uh-oh. And Raphael, Wallace Sousa's son, was driving the car. Oh, shit. So Moa had previously told the police that Raphael was a key person in this criminal room when he was arrested and interrogated. So it all changed when they got Moa's phone records. At that point, they knew they had Wallace. Moa had called Wallace and everyone working on Canal Livre and all of Wallace's associates multiple times over the past few years. He was basically in constant contact with all of them. That's no good. No. The police had enough evidence to search Wallace's house, but they couldn't search his house because he had still had parliamentary immunity they could search his son's house though who happened to live with him loophole loophole in the house police found a safe with around two hundred and forty three thousand reyes which is about fifty eight thousand dollars and fifteen thousand uh u.s dollars as well in Raphael's room, they found a cabinet with nine used bullets and a couple pieces of paper with lists on it one list was all weapons. The other was a list of names of drug dealers who had already been killed. When they asked Raphael about the list, he said he couldn't explain it, although it was pretty obvious that it was a hit list. Guns and ammunition were also found, which they believe were used in killings across the city. They arrested Raphael immediately. The evidence confirmed everything that they had suspected. The list confirmed everything Moa had originally told them. But they still could not arrest Wallace because of his parliamentary immunity. So then Wallace claimed he was innocent and that he had all of that money in case of health emergencies because he had thrombosis, but he did not have insurance. He said if something happened to him, he'd have to travel to his doctor in Sao Paulo to get treated, which, sure, yeah, that I mean, could make maybe. sense. He said the list of weapons was something that he was going to report on Canal Livre. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. The police then searched multiple houses of Wallace's associates and Canal Libre employees. They found a whole bunch of guns and ammunition, and a lot of the guns were the same ones that were on the list found at Wallace's house. Uh-oh. And then they arrested nine people. Shit. Wallace's driver even got arrested just for being associated with him. He said when he got to prison, the, dri- this is the driver, a lot of the inmates were there because of Wallace's accusations on Canal Livre. So they were like, fuck you, you're going to pay for this. Yeah. It was all these drug dealers in prison because of Wallace, some of them there yeah, that's because not a they good were place. innocent. Yeah. So the driver was like, it was hell. Um, and then Wallace didn't think he was going to be arrested because he was a politician. He was like, I have immunity. I'm not going to get arrested. But then the parliament held a hearing about Wallace. Wallace was actually in the hospital at the time because he had um, a liver disease. Interesting. He insisted on showing up, but he was on a stretcher. Oh, God. So he came into the assembly on the stretcher. Drama. Yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, it's for show. Yeah. He was, he was really sick, though. Um, but he said the same thing. He's like, he said it was a political plot to remove him from office. He was being persecuted. People thought the whole stretcher thing was for show. And then on October 1st, 2009, the assembly decided to vote on the impeachment. So Wallace wore all white to the hearing. He oh carried God. a Bible. He was crying, but no one showed sympathy and he was eventually voted out. So no longer having parliamentary immunity, he could be arrested. Nice. So then on October 5th, a warrant was issued for his arrest for hiring a hitman to uh, to kill nine people. The police went to his house, but he was nowhere to be found. He ran from the law for four days before surrendering. He was charged with murder, drug trafficking, witness tampering, illegal guns, and creating a criminal gang. Giselle, a reporter for Canal Livre, said she saw drugs being planted all the time for the show. If the crew arrived to a scene and nothing exciting was happening, they'd go to their car to get drugs to plant. She saw many innocent people go to jail. She said Wallace and his crew would take people to this place where they'd put a plastic bag over their head until they confessed to the crime they wanted them to. Giselle said she witnessed it once and was horrified. On May 11, 2010, a producer on Canal Livre said she was present when Wallace ordered a hit on a federal judge. Yeah. That's insane. Shortly after turning himself in, Sousa complained of health issues. He was too sick to attend his trial. He had a rare liver disease called Bud Chiari syndrome. He was in the hospital for three months with heart and liver issues. So, ultimately... It was the testimony of Moa that landed Raphael and his father in prison. Moa eventually went to prison himself for participating in the killings. And on New Year's Day 2017, he was burned alive in his cell in Campage during a riot that killed 56 prisoners. The riot was gang related, but the prisoners had a score to settle with Moa. Because he was participating in all these yeah. drug dealers' killings. So he was perhaps the last person who knew the truth about whether Wallace had orchestrated murders for ratings or not. In July 2010, while awaiting trial, Wallace Souza died from a heart attack. Mm-mm. His son, 
went to jail. What? Right. The your the 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 thing the voice thing you did with it was like a I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> That's like well, the voice you made. Yeah. Well. Ah, well, Epstein. Yeah, Epstein a little Epstein. I, I felt a little Epstein vibe. I got some, th- I got some theories on this. We'll get to those <laughs> later. So, Raphael went to jail. And he. a lot of people think that it was like, oh, well, we can't get Wallace Souza. So Raphael's we're gonna, his son, yeah. His son. We're going to get his son. He was sentenced in 2012 to serve nine years for the death of a trafficker, and he was given work release in 2015. What does that mean? I think that's when you can leave jail to go to a job and then you come back to jail i believe interesting remember jeffrey epstein had a work release oh yeah he could go he yeah. could go do whatever it was his stock yeah broker yeah and then come back to jail interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh so the website screen rant sums sums sues up they said, Wallace Souza, upset by the prevalence of criminal gangs in the area, conceived of his show as an expose on the horrors of criminal gangs that would hopefully weaken their power by shining the light on them. The fact that a show that was initially designed to fight crime led to more crime is an irony so grand that it would be funny if not for all of the people that Souza harmed in his ruthless quest for fame and money. Mm. Mm-hmm. True. True. 
Carlos and Fastio were sentenced to 15 years in prison and fined the equivalent of nearly $14,000 for drug trafficking crimes. The brothers also maintain that they're innocent, and they're saying that they will appeal the conviction. Then the pedophile mayor that um, Souza was trying to take down, Adele Pinheiro, was finally arrested in 2014, and he was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, Canal Livre was aired at noon when it yeah, was on. I didn't realize that. It, I thought it was like a nighttime yeah, no, show, this, but it was like during the day. This is a daytime show. Yeah. It, it's like it's like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, or like... Yeah, Geraldo like, Rivera. Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. Who, by the way, he takes like nudes and posts them on the internet. Geraldo Rivera does? Yeah, did you not know this? Wait, I remember him posting one photo of like his chest or something, but yeah, I thought maybe. it was like an accidental tweet. No, I think it was real, but maybe I'm just like... Oh. How do you spell Gerald Geraldo? G E R A L D O. Yeah, I got it. Geraldo. Geraldo. I don't think he has Instagram anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> After that mishap, but no, there is like there is a here it is, and we'll post this on our Instagram. We will post the Geraldo <laughs> Rivera topless pic on our Instagram. But yeah, no, I think he's doing some salacious stuff online. But yeah, so it, it's like the era of all that weird midday talk show stuff. Yeah. But in Brazil, there was this... Yeah, watching, everyone everyone watched the show. Yeah. It uh, was crazy. And then you said that it's still rerunning. Yeah, they, still reruns. they still show reruns of it occasionally. That's crazy. Well, the thing is, it was a variety show. So they oh. had like... There was a skit on it with a puppet that was like a recurring bit. Oh, interesting. It was a puppet named like Gallerito, where he would like <laughs> make fun of everyone. And it was like... People loved it. It was so strange. Oh my god! What? <laughs> what did you just find? I put. Oh no! I, I put Wallace Souza in the anagram maker. Oh no! Oh, no. And it makes <laughs> coleslaw. <laughs> Yeah. Don't oh. you have to use all the letters? I don't know, girl. Because there's definitely... <laughs> there's, there's no Z in <laughs> So there's a sh- the show on Netflix called Killer Ratings. Yes. There's seven episodes. It's great. I watched the whole thing. I did not watch the whole thing. It's very... I mean, they come at it on both sides. Yeah. So a lot of people think he was framed. Yeah, people do think he, they're like diehard fans of yeah. him and obviously his family who think that he oh, sure. think that he was framed. Sure. Because people think he was framed by the ministers and police chiefs infuriated by the program's exposure of their failings. Like yeah. he was showing like there's so much crime and there's so many criminals and I'm going to go to the scene of the crime and show that the police aren't doing anything about this so people are like oh the police are upset at him for exposing how shitty they are yeah and i think also there's a claim that police that there's certain corrupt police who are afraid of being exposed yep so they wanted to pin it on Souza and get him in jail and everyone in jail before he is to like potentially expose them yeah himself you know yeah and the way the documentary is like there I probably went back and forth at least like ten times of like, oh he did it. Oh no, he was set up. Oh no, he did really? it. Oh he was set up because it's there's so many convincing arguments for either side. 
that I really do not know if he was set up or not. I truly cannot tell you if I think he's guilty or not. Because he does seem like enigmatic and charming and seems to really like stand for the cause and wanting to improve. And they made it seem like he lived in this like huge mansion. He had all this money. He lived in like a fairly modest house. Really? And even he was like, does this look look like the house of a drug dealer? Interesting. Yeah. But also his son, it's also possible, another theory is that his son was the one who was doing all of this stuff and he was covering up for his son. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's what some people think about O.J. Simpson. Oh, right. Yeah, they think that his son did it and that O.J. was covering up. How? I don't understand. They well, think they his think son that his son them. did it. <laughs> but why? What are their thoughts? That his son, I guess, is a little loco. Or it's not. It's his son with who? Doesn't he have? He has a few sons, or does he just have the one son? That's a whole other episode, Maria. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that is. It's that in is the. Theory. It's in the documentary. Yeah, because there was a whole thing with like drug dealers killing other drug dealers, and Wallace Souza's one of his brothers died from an overdose. Oh, shit. And so some people think that maybe he was getting back at a drug dealer. And that was that's like an argument for he was doing this. Oh, that's interesting. The director of Canal Libre was interviewed and she was like, I, I want to help convince people that Wallace was innocent because he is a great person. He would never do this. But then there's another producer on Canal Libre who was like, I saw them planning drugs. Well, yeah, that's so, see, the planning drugs and stuff like that yeah. seems definitely suspect and also seems believable. That does seem believable because it was the show was always was exciting. There was always something happening. Yeah. And they always got there before the police. And so people thought they were tipped off by the police. And so they made it may have been like in the whole criminal ring with the police. Like, I do think something illegal was going on. I don't think Wallace was the head of this ring. No, I don't. That seems a little. I think he was. I think he was probably cooperating with it. Yeah, yeah. I think he was probably cooperating with it for for ratings. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's OJ's son, Jason. Okay. <laughs> so now we're in a fight. <laughs> no, I just. I thought we were saving it. I'll 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 do some research into it. But am I fired? <laughs> this is the, this is the last. Yeah. This is it. This is that was the breaking point. <laughs> Maria's had enough. Just so you guys know, there's a fire on Barum right now, and you can see the smoke. Oh, maybe that's why the the sky got weird. Oh, that, yeah. The oh sun, my god, that's a lot of smoke. The sun had to. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, I can't see. Hold on. Are we safe? <laughs> I don't know. Do we evacuate? Been, we're underground. I feel like that's even worse. <laughs> no. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> well. Hold on. I'm just Wait, is it picture. a forest fire? It's right off. It's right next to Warner Brothers. It's like um, a brush fire. Oh, no. These fires are never ending here. Yeah. So, yeah, Jason Simpson. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wrote in a diary or something that he did it. He that, did? That's why the glove was so small? Because it wasn't OJ's? Yes. Oh. Yes. It's another episode, you guys. Yeah. The OJ oh, episode. Wow. According to his research, Jason killed the victims in a fit of rage after which his father entered the scene. Jason suffered from violent outbursts and its issues with rage disorder. A diary he also discovered during the investigation indicates that Jason might have the tendency of hurting people who hurt his loved ones. <laughs> you guys, this isn't the OJ well, episode. Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, what isn't when it comes to 
the O.J. Mur- Simpson and case. murder and mayhem. Yeah, yeah, chaos, chaos, murder, and mayhem. People love chaos. They feed they off. They of do. Them. Whoa, who are you, the Joker? <laughs> oh, Maria, why so serious? <laughs> Welcome to Erios. <laughs> And in the documentary, though, when you're watching it, what made you think like, oh, he didn't do it? Like, what was like a piece of evidence where you're like, oh, well, a lot of people think Moa was talked into saying that it was Wallace Souza who set it up. He, his wife initially said that he was tortured, but then he changed his story. So his story changed like three times. Oh, interesting. So we don't know who to believe. And then another drug dealer said he was also tortured in, into saying that it was Wallace Souza. Oh, so that kind of leads you to believe that it wasn't him and that yeah. it's the corrupt police wanting to implicate Wallace. Yeah, so there's a lot of evidence of that happening. Interesting. But a lot of people change their stories so many times. Yeah. And then his son, he has another son who was not involved. They interviewed him. And he just said how everything was set up. When they raided his house, they planted the guns. Oh, shit. But also, when the, that bag of bullets they found in Raphael's cabinet, they tested those bullets, and those matched the bullets of... Yeah, someone who was on the hit list Someone or who right? was on... They, they exhumed the body, and they tested the bullets, and they were like, these are the same bullets. So there's, so, there's a lot of conflicting evidence. It's funny, because it's either Wallace Souza is guilty, or the cops are guilty of what they say Wallace Souza did. Yeah. I, I think he was, Wallace was involved somehow, because why do you have all that money? Yes, he had a health issue, but... Yeah, I mean, um, unless it was, well, I guess he copped to the money. He's, he's, he admitted that the money was his. So right. that wasn't planted. It's just the reason for having it. Was. Right. And also his brother's being sent to jail this year for drug trafficking. Yeah. I mean, like the family, the family isn't crystal clear morally. And his name is an anagram for Coast Law. So <laughs> I think there that about says it all. You have it. Can I say something really quickly? Just yes. on the thing. On Reddit, you know, this, this actually happened before. There was a reporter in Eastern Europe who did something similar. People were wondering how he got true to the crime scene so quickly to get the scoop. And so I think... Um, Who? What's his name? Vlado Taneski from Macedonia. He was a true crime reporter that killed three women and, of course, was always first on the crime scene and gave details in his articles that nobody except the police and killer could have known. He committed suicide, that's in quotations, in jail by drowning himself in a bucket. In a bucket? Yeah. Let's talk about Vlado Taneski serial killers thread on reddit journalist and serial killer wow he murdered three elderly elderly women two of which he strangled with a telephone cord he was a port reporter who reported on his own murders wow that's so this is like a thing i mean a small thing but like a you know a small group <laughs> of people do this but wow. all the women were raped molested and murdered in the most terrible way and they have evidence that Tineski was responsible for all of them Wow, that's crazy. That was 2003, so that's like kind of around the same time. Oh my God, what if they're the same person? Wow. What, do you look in your anagram thing, see if... <laughs> oh my God. Sousa spells Tineski. <laughs> they gonna... both spell coleslaw. <laughs> Girl. That's crazy. I that would, uh, th- It's crazy. We're going to start killing people for web crawler no, stories. No, Melissa, allegedly. 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 Okay. Anyway, sorry, I just... I mean, that's... Out. that's how, do you, how do you get the... 
the best scoop. You just got to go do it yourself. That's what he said. That was that was the inner monologue he had. I mean, it's a great, great idea. He took killer story to a whole new level. Ooh. Wow. He was married and had two children. He worked at a radio station. His his wife was the city's first female lawyer. Wow. Wow. Was so, she in on it? No. So he was a serial killer and journalist writing about his crime. Is this oh. a movie? Uh, no, Maria, it's a- write this. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry. Let me, this is a let movie. me open final. He draft. was a serial killer writing about his crimes who was married to the first female lawyer in his city. But this is this is as good of a movie as the Wallace Souza movie, which is That was a documentary. That's a documentary. No, but I'm talking about if that if I were to write a movie, right. I should combine the two of them. Was his wife defending him? Oh god. That Let's would see. be Now that Oh up. wow. His mom, quote unquote, died of an overdose. Oh no, he killed her. Oh wow. He he only killed women who reminded him of his mother. Oh. Oh, weird. What an idiot to like say all the information he knew. Yeah. Like yeah. that always weirds me out when it's like they're so narcissistic about it that they don't even care. Well, it's like they want to get caught. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, they're seeing how far they can go. Yeah. Yeah, don't think his wife represented him. <laughs> that would be no. Well, because he did, he never went to trial. I don't right. think. I think he he died just in oh, jail after being arrested. That's similar to Wallace Souza. He died before going. Yeah, it's going to trial. Yeah, there's a whole book on him. I guess actually, it's called "The Best New True Crime Stories: Serial Killers" by Mitzi Soretto. I'll order it on Amazon. It's a ton of short true crime stories. Ooh, we should get that. Yeah, put it on the Erios credit card yeah (laughs) charge it bitch (laughs) all right we're going to read a couple airbnb emails yeah let's do it because we we that scam that scam that we talked about last week a lot of other people i think have maybe been scammed in a similar way yeah yeah so let's let's read those emails there's a roommate scam and an airbnb scam damn let's start with the airbnb let's start with the roommate scam yeah it's a it's a good scam Okay, this is from Grace. It's called Huge Ass Roommate Scam. Oh, man. Hi, everyone. I love the pod. Just finished listening to your most recent episode where you're talking about scamming, and I have a story to go along with that. So when I was in college, I lived in a house with six bedrooms and five other roommates. Our senior year, one of our roommates graduated early, so we had an empty room that we decided to sublet. We were pretty desperate because being college students, we literally had no money and couldn't afford the extra $600 a month without a sixth roommate. So we made a bunch of posts on Craigslist and Facebook, stupid, I know, and barely got any responses. Finally, we got a response from a guy our age who recently moved to our area. He came to check out the house and we met him and he seemed to be really nice. He moved all of his stuff into the room and that very week, again, we were desperate, and gave us a security deposit so we thought he would be able to pay for rent and everything. Well, this dude was barely ever home. And when he was, he would stay up really late and listen to loud music and keep us up. And he never did the dishes. He was a terrible roommate, but it got worse. He had not paid rent or utilities for two months. Every time we asked for the money, he would give some lame excuse. It got weird when he started using the excuse that his mom was really sick and he would call us crying on the phone. So we kind of felt bad for him. Once it got to the third month, and we still got no money, we gave him a two-weeks notice that he would be evicted and he would have to move his stuff out. 
on the day he was supposed to come collect his things, we would have to let him in ourselves because at this point we had the locks changed. He called us crying and said that he wouldn't be able to because he was on his way to his mom's funeral. So feeling bad again, we kept his stuff for another month. Oh, no. Now it gets weirder. It was going on the fourth month, and we still had all of his things in the sixth room, and by now we were pretty fed up. We decided just to leave his stuff outside and on the curb for trash. Good idea. When going through his room, we found a fully functioning iPhone X that was connected to AT&T and still had data. We also found about 100 pocket-sized graduation photos of himself scattered on the floor. That's weird. What? And a used condom in a plastic Ziploc baggie. Why was he keeping that? Oh, that's dan- That's scary. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> he was furious. We threw away his stuff, and we all had to eventually block his phone number because he wouldn't stop contacting us. I also did a lot of digging online and found his mom's social media accounts and her work phone number. She was still alive and doing well. Oh, no. I also looked up other family members and all other possibilities of a stepmom, but I found no such thing. His mom was completely fine. So basically, he scammed us out of three grand, and the things we found in his room were pretty strange, possibly criminal. He came, he came up with a plot that his mom was dying and stuck with the story for two months. And by the time we got rid of him, we really couldn't afford legal fees to charge him with any wrongdoing. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we learned our lesson with that one. I now will never live with roommates again. Love you guys. Oh, my God. Crazy. What were those pictures doing? The condom in the bag is what scares me. Yeah. What is, why <laughs> yeah. would he have a used condom in a bag? Because you don't want to throw that condom away because it's something something bad oh maybe Wait, like what unconsensual sex yeah no and what were all that he had hundreds of photos of himself was he making like fake ids or something oh and he had an iphone fake in there passport? maybe he ordered too many <laughs> and he was just jerking off to them yeah <laughs> yeah that's never fucking people are weird Dude, there was a story in the past year i think in the new york times or something where this woman had a roommate and he wouldn't leave for like a year and there was some crazy loophole loophole some law that was like squatters rights or something like he oh lived there God. and she could not get him out and he was terrorizing her and that's he had done that his whole life. That's what he was like a scam. To like different roommates? Yes. That's a, I got to find this article and send it to you guys because it is, cr- it's a what nightmare. A, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, that's Criff. Sorry for this roommate. Yeah, so sorry. Damn. Read that Airbnb scam. Okay, Damn. here we go. Airbnb. This is from Megan. Okay. Hi, ladies. Just wanted to share a story to show how shitty Airbnb is. A couple of years ago, a friend and I were in Scotland for the weekend. We were too poor to, for a hotel, but not desperate enough to share a room at a hostel with six other people. So we opted to stay in Airbnb. We booked a shared apartment and headed there when we left the airport. First warning sign should have been the fact that the place was almost impossible to find. Oh, God. It was one of those instances where you have to Google Maps up and you're hovering over the dot and yet you still can't find your destination. <laughs> I hate that. It's like, where the fuck is this? What is that it's happened here? to me in Copenhagen. Oh. <laughs> we tried to contact the host through the app's messaging system and the guy would not respond. Oh, no. He had given us a cell phone number, so we called and texted, but no response. 
We ended up finding the place on our own, struggled for about 15 minutes to get the key out of the lockbox, but finally entered the apartment, excited to drop off our stuff and head out for the night. So we followed the instructions the host gave us clearly. There are three bedrooms. Yours is the room to the left of the bathroom. So in we walk and we push the door open. A guy was in the bed, saw us come in, jumped out and slammed the door and started screaming at us in a different language. No. <laughs> the short glimpse we got of the room showed that it was showed that this thing was lived in. This kid had clothes and crap everywhere. He was not going to move rooms. We tried to talk to him, but he had locked us out. So once again, we called and messaged the host with no response. Two bedrooms were left then. One was immaculate, two comfy-looking beds and perfectly rolled towels awaited. The other room was, of course, repulsive. Someone had checked out and it hadn't been cleaned yet. There's dirty sheets, soaking wet towels on the floors, oh, trash cans overflowing with diapers. Just kidding. Oh, oh my God. I was like, been there, done that. <laughs> there was no way in hell we were staying there and the host wasn't answering our calls. So we parked all of our stuff in the clean room and headed out for the night. After a night of pub crawls and 45 beers, we stumbled back into the apartment. Drunk AF, we found all our stuff in the hallway with a note on top of our suitcases that said, Hey, don't know why you were in our room, but we confirmed with the host and you should not be in this space. Sorry for the misunderstanding. First of all, we were beyond ourselves that someone had just tossed our stuff out into the open. Second of all... These people talked to the host. We must have called the guy 30 times. So now we were two drunk 20-something Americans in a different country, locked out of all the bedrooms except the filthy one, which still had not be clean, been cleaned. We had no choice but to sleep in the gross, wet, used room. Oh, my God. Ah. In our drunken rage, my friend emailed the host of Airbnb. They responded a couple days later and basically told us there was nothing they could do. They would not refund us any money, and the host would not suffer any repercussions. The only repercussion he would have experienced was my friend's scathing review, which I believe started off as, I only gave him one star because it wouldn't let me give him zero. Now my friend and I laugh about the situation and how psychotic all of her emails and reviews were, but it was obviously extremely annoying at the time. I've stayed in other Airbnbs since then and had much better experiences, but every time I wonder if it's even worth all of the hassle and interaction you have to have with these hosts. I'm sure that Vice article will bring you guys tons of emails about how bad Airbnb is. So please enjoy my long-winded contribution. Love all of you and the podcast very much. I want to be friends with you guys. Best wishes, Megan. God, Megan. That's, That's horrible. horrible. Like, who was staying in that? A guy in the room. Yeah. I wonder if it was, like, the owner it of the Airbnb. I What's Airbnb's problem? Where, like, they won't get involved in this stuff? I don't know. Like, are they afraid? Do they not have enough employees? They're cowards is what they are. I read yeah. somewhere that they use cult like practices within oh. their work what do you mean like lululemon what do they do yeah and like cafe gratitude oh god cool. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for those of you who don't know cafe gratitude is a restaurant here in los angeles where you the things you order are like affirmations i can't i went there once i can't do it so you you order like the i am grateful yeah no but you know they also literally like are a cult no i didn't know how they oh are? my god. Yes, hold on. I also I have a horror Airbnb story. There were bed bugs in one of my Airbnbs no. No. in Paris. 
Oh, my friend Nilo and I had this little Airbnb. We woke up the next day. I was in my sleep sack, which means I l- was left unscathed. Yeah, Be- what's a sleep sack? It's um a sleeping bag that goes over your head. <laughs> what? But you were in a bed. Yeah, but I had my sleep sack. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but oh Nilo God. didn't because my son because we had just been working on a farm, and so I brought the sleep sack to like keep bugs away from me right. while we were working on the farm. And then I also was using it in the hotel room because I didn't know it was in there. But I mean, the Airbnb, but it was a nice Airbnb. Next morning, tons of bug bites. And it was like Airbnb helped us out, but it took a while. And then the the owner was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And we walked in to get our bags. And he it was like a cloud of smoke from his like anti-bug thing that he was using. And we were like, we're not staying here. He's like, no, it died down. And we were like, what are you doing? Oh, Get out. So and then I looked online like a year ago. It's still up. It's still a it's it's still an Airbnb choice. How do these places I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's it's crazy. And let me just tell you this really quickly. I was just in Canada and I don't know what's going on with Uber Canada, <laughs> but what the hell? They're scammers. Why would happen? So I asked for a car. And then it said one minute away. And then it said, or it says your drivers are like one minute away. It showed all the cars yeah. right by me. Then I clicked accept. And then it was like, oh, no, your driver's 10 minutes away. And uh. so I quickly, within literally a 30 second time, pressed, well, cancel. And yeah. because yeah. you're allowed to cancel within like two minutes or whatever. Then a thing shows up on my thing that's like, sorry, you have to pay $5 for the cancellation. Oh, what? And then I was like, well, hold on. So then... It, I went to the help section and I went to like um, a problem with cancellation. And basically all I had to do was say like um, canceled the ride or whatever. Basically, it was on me to then tell them they were wrong. And then I got my five dollars back easy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like it was like they the were extra step. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like we're going to and then they would do this wait time thing, which I don't think they do in the U.S., where every minute they charge you like 15 cents for waiting. But and on the thing on like the app, it tells you like it tells you after you've you've gotten out of the car, it go it adds like this the 15 cents or whatever. But even if I got in the car right there, it starts timing it. But then when you look at the 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 help section, it goes the timer starts after five minutes of the person waiting. So it's like what? all these things that they like slide under to go like and then you have to do it yourself. You're the one that has to take the action. So th- it is beneficial for an Uber driver to take longer to yes. pick you up. Yes, because they I bet they can start that clock at any time where they can go like the wait. because each car I got into had extra charges to it because of the wait time. And I was always on the curve. So oh there, that's, so so that's a wait time as if like they get there and you're not waiting yeah. there yet, but they can start that clock yeah. at any time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shit, dude. I know. What the f- fuck i'm telling you these it's fucking apps app companies are fucked and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you well <laughs> not you. not violently you. intellectually it just sucks because there aren't any options they have monopoly monopolies on these well the option companies. is you have to do things yourself yeah and but it's just what's the problem with having an app and also having really good customer service why right. is that so crazy well because all these ceos just want money they or don't they're care all, they don't like to they're millennials who don't like talking to people well, okay yeah. boomer oh, no. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think it's people are cowards and stuff like that makes yep. me so mad. Where it's like, oh no, just kidding. Glad you could find the. Get, glad you could get your money back. It's like, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have charged me in the first place, and you knew you knew it. I hate it. Oh God. Well, to close, I will say Cafe Gratitude, a restaurant in LA, is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> also Lululemon allegedly the restaurant forces employees to adopt their spiritual views and illegally pays for life changing seminars no. what tracks employees spiritual progress no. and a resistance to indoctrination and fire staff who do not follow the cafe's spiritual path you got one of you Wait, has to go undercover what? I yeah. hope you guys know that oh I have to order the I'm grateful salad no you have to go undercover as an and employee and we'll get wired. No, apparently, like, they, and some of them, like, live in a commune together. Like, you have to, like, what? live in a house together. And, like, you take these weird seminars. It's it's weird. Oh, they do landmark education training. Yeah. What's that? Land, you know what a landmark is. No. Landmark is that, like, um, uh, like, Tony Robbins stuff. Like, motivational. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's not just. Like, you it, pay for these courses you're not to, just like, improve waitress. yourself. Yeah, it's, it's. It's all, it's all a lifestyle. And so then what does Lululemon do? They do this same thing lemon that's a whole we gotta do a whole other episode okay. on them but they are a cult <laughs> they make their they make their employees do the same shit oh, really yes okay we uh, we should do it next yes. week what's a cult these <laughs> things surprisingly these things are cults yeah cults in, in corporate america corporate corporate cults corporate cults. Yeah. corporate cults. Ooh, corporate cults. i'm excited hashtag i'm excited corporate cults. hashtag corporate cults <laughs> uh, i can't wait to get sued um Melissa, lose where all can, our sponsors. Yeah, lose <laughs> all our sponsors. Uh, Melissa, where can people follow us online? People can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WebcrawlersPod. We're on Reddit. We got a Facebook page. We have really awesome merch, WebcrawlersPod.com. I almost forgot. What? We started another podcast. Oh, my God. And it's on the Erios <laughs> Network. You can find it on iTunes and on Spotify. It's yes. me, Ali Siegel, Melissa Stetton, and Rachel Fisher from Hollywood Crime Scene. Remember our Epstein episode when yeah, they were guesting? Yeah, from our joint Epstein episode. This is a 90 Day Fiance podcast. Yeah, we're, we're all obsessed with that show. Yeah, and it's a recap podcast produced by producer Maria. And I, I have no voice in it, though. If you're looking for my voice. Yeah, because you don't watch the show, do you? I don't watch the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's sitting right next I'm to us. I'm right there. So you listen. She's getting the gist of it from yeah. yes. what it, we're saying. It's basically us teaching Maria yeah. 90 Day Fiance. Yeah, it's boy. called 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party. Yes. And uh, by the time you listen to this episode, our first episode will probably be out. Yeah. And then maybe a day later, our second episode will be out. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, So you can listen to that 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party and get a cameo from us. Yeah. Get a cameo. We got to do one right now. Yeah. We're going to film one now. Anyways, thank you for listening. And don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. (laughs) Especially not Airbnb. And don't forget that Wallace Souza. May or may not spells coleslaw in the anagram machine. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. An Erio's original. Powered by ACAST. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.